Network podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. Uh, we are continuing talking about various topics, and uh, in particular, right now, we're talking about the top five things men struggle with. And we've we did uh, part one was anger, uh, part two was lust, and now uh, part three is going to be fear. Fear is something that that we believe a lot of men and women, for that matter, are struggling with out there. And and we're gonna we're not just going to deal with the symptoms. We're going to talk a little bit about about what's beneath that, what's kind of the, the root behind that, uh, the symptom behind that. But I'm happy to have uh, Rocky Fleming, our founder here again with us. Hello, Rocky. Hi. And uh, so let's, let's just dive in uh, talking about this. So why did we, uh, why did we pick fear, Rocky? Is, so we're, trying to, we're just trying to look at all the journey groups we've led and men we've ministered to, and, mm-hmm. and, and we see a lot of men struggling. And like we said, it can be a good thing because it means they're wrestling with and, and some good things can come out of it, but uh, why fear? I don't know any men out there that haven't had fear or don't have fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think fear is part of, well, it's the world we live in. It creates uh, a, a perspective about survival, uh, about controlling things so that we can get ahead. And there are a lot of things that go along uh, with fear, and fear has symptoms. Fear shows itself in various ways. Um, as an example, uh, if you have somebody who uh, has a great amount of fear about being un- out of control, what do you see in that person? You see a controlling person, don't you? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yet, um, I don't know if it really works. Because I haven't seen a lot of controlling persons that have really been able to find the kind of control they want. It's elusive. Whether it's in our families or our employers or employment, uh, employees that we manage, life. And you know, one of the things that we have to make peace with reality, and that is control is an illusion. So if we try to grasp an illusion, it's like grasping a mirage. You think you got it, but when you you get a hold of it, mm, it moves on you. Mm. And so uh, at the heart of that is fear. Fear causes men to do a lot of different things. Now, I'm, not, I'm saying men because there are a lot of women that have the same problem, um, but they don't call it fear. They call it anxiety. Mm-hmm. I had a mother, that fantastic woman, but she was a worrier. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she worried about a lot of stuff. She worried about health. She's worried, not her health, but other people's health. And worried about her children and her grandchildren. And... I asked her one day, Mom, uh, you know, uh, you're a Christian, and, and, and Philippians says that be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication let your request be known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will come to guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So I appealed to her, Mom, as a Christian, uh, what do you think uh, about that, about being anxious? She said, well, it's because I'm a Christian, I'm anxious. <laughs> <laughs> And I didn't get that. I really didn't get that. But I had a, a, a friend one day that I was shared with him about her. And he said, look, Rocky, he says, you know, uh, 
you might ought to back off of that. I said, well, why is that? She said, well, you know, when she is really concerned like that, she's calling it anxious, but what I'm calling it is an alert for prayer. And she turns those thoughts into prayer, and you're the recipient of those, along with your family and all that. So I backed off that. Hmm. And so I think that there are certain alerts. There are things that we probably need to be afraid of, mm -hmm. no doubt. Uh, we can't be reckless. We can't be reckless. We've got to be thoughtful. We've got to, we've got to prepare. Uh, we've got to do due diligence. We've got to, we've got to work, and we've got to take care of business, and we've got to do the things that are necessary as a good businessman. We've got to take care of our families and provide for them. We need to be concerned, especially when our children start driving. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> And, uh, and when they're out at night, you can't ever really go to sleep real good until they hear that door close, can you? Mm -hmm. Now, that's not bad fear. I think that's just alerts. I think that's just part of being that shepherd that you're watching over your sheep, and in this case, your family. But there are some fears that are debilitating. There are some fears that, that make us really bad people. And, uh, and, and that would be the ones that I would probably want to address, and those are the things that cause us to be something that God does not want us to be because fear is the great driver. And I don't think that we can really get along in our life with Christ, in that journey with him, and find that peace that surpasses all understanding that's that spoken of in Philippians. Uh, until we can get to the point where we can rest in his care and not be afraid of what might come at us. Mm. And that's a journey, a journey that he's taken us to. But um, it's also something that uh, we'll want to go to because we'll find things there that uh, is peaceful, uh, contentment, joy, security, even in insecure conditions, because we learn to go to that place where that fear is conquered. Mm -hmm. So yes, every man out there has got fears and they're starting that way, and, but God doesn't want us to stay there. He wants us to learn to conquer those fears. That doesn't mean that we become reckless and we don't abandon our uh, responsibilities because we're in this world and he wants us to be responsible for those things that we can be responsible for. Mm. But if we don't have the capability to do it, we've got to learn to transfer that. Mm. So anyway, that's, that's why I would say uh, this is important. Do you, think, uh, do you think a lot of this fear comes from the enemy? You think the enemy's, that's one thing he's gonna try to use against us to mm -hmm. make us doubt you know, God's sufficiency or to, to doubt our right standing with God, or, or I heard John Eldridge say one time, every there's a little voice in every man that questions whether or not he's got what it takes, hmm. you know. And I, I, I think I relate to that. Yeah, I answered it. I don't have what it takes. Hmm. Hmm. I don't, but he does. Hmm. And so as long as I try to to be the guy, and to be the one that's going to be doing all the things that comes up, that I'm the John Wayne for every occasion, 
I'm going to be an illusion. Mm. That's an illusion. But you see, that's the thing about proximity to Christ and about walking with him. Then now we have him. And he's got what it takes. That's what Paul said in Philippians 4.13. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He didn't say I can do all things because I'm the man. Mm. He says I can do all things because Christ strengthens me. And so learning to transfer that load of stuff that we carry thinks it's it's our burden to carry a lot of it is not our burden to carry a lot of it's his burden to carry he says come to me uh, and get in the yoke with me and and i'll help you carry that burden mm. another way of saying it he'll say this i do the heavy left lifting you do the light lifting but if you go along with me you'll do some lifting mm. and that's what we're talking about we do some things things that he wants us to do but the majority of things, things that we can't control anyway, we learn to transfer those to him. Mm. So, yeah. You know, I've heard uh, someone told me years ago that there's uh, 366 times where God tells somebody, do not fear. Mm. One for every day of the year, including leap year. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so obviously that was something he knew we needed to hear, oh, yeah. that we don't need to fear. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Well, yes, it is. And you ask, uh, is it from the devil? Actually, it's from three places, Brian. It's from the world, the flesh, and the devil. Yeah, yeah. Because what it is is that we live in, in society. We live in a world that teaches us to fear. And I think if we did not know Christ, we would innately uh, learn to fear because of, of self-survival. Uh, but, you know, this thing of a Christian life is... It's, it's diametrically opposed to the ways of the world. It's almost the opposite many times. Hmm. It's interesting. And, and I find that to be, I don't know, I, I find that to be eye-opening for me not to just to trust my instincts and not just trust the ways of the world and not trust society and cultures, but to try to determine what it is that Jesus was saying to self-feed on his word as if he's talking to me. And now what do I do with that? When he says something like he did in Matthew about seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. So what was he saying all these things? Well, those things that we eat, those things that we wear, those things that we accumulate, those things that we worry about, all those things that make us fear because we're not going to get them. Mm-hmm. Or if we get them, we're afraid we can't pay for them. Or we're, we're afraid of failure. People's got that big house, and i got this little house, and I, won't, I don't want to look bad. I want to look good. I don't want to lose my job. I'm afraid what's going to happen. I talked to a guy today. He's a pastor in the church, and, and he was, uh, and I'd taken him to a journey group before, and, and he understood uh, the dynamics of proximity. Been away from him a little while. And, uh, and we were back together, and we were kind of getting back into asking him the, the same question I always ask, which is what? How is your soul? How is your soul? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got to see me coming on that. Uh-huh. Because the soul is the center. If it's healthy, then we're going to have a lot of things that are going to be coming at us that we can, we can weather those. The storms of life are going to come. Jesus said that. He says, build your foundation, build your house on a solid rock foundation because if you build it on sand, when the storms come, it's going to wash out from under your, your house. Mm. 
And it's the same way about how are you going to process life. Um, and I was talking to him about this, and that, that was basically, how are you doing? How's your soul? He said, well, you know, pretty good, but... And then he went on to talk about how the demands of the church was on him and wasn't giving him a lot of time to be able to do the things he knows he needs to do, keeping his soul healthy and all this, that, and the other. And, and I, I uh, you know, of course, I address that from the standpoint of, you know, I understand your challenges. We all had it. I was a businessman. I had the same challenges. I didn't have to be a, a preacher to have the same challenges they did. They have unique challenges. A lot of times those guys can't be men in a lot of ways. Mm. When I say that, I'm talking about they, they're just, un, they're just men, mm. imperfect men who are trying to shepherd they're sheep who are trying to shepherd. You get the picture. Mm. They're not supernatural. Right. And we need to understand that about them and love them and encourage them and speak truth to them. And this man, I've won his uh, uh, respect and I can speak truth with him. And so I asked him, I said, well, you know, what you're saying is that your job and the expectations in your job is keeping you from the most important thing that you can do to help you in your job. Because the scripture says in John 15 that if you abide in me, you'll bear fruit. But if you don't abide in me, you will not bear fruit. Now, does that directly impact your ministry? He said, well, yes, it is. I said, well, what's keeping you from doing it then? What's keeping you from making time to be alone with the Lord? Even if you have to Matthew 6 it, and that is seek you first the kingdom of God, and those things will be added to you. Mm. In other words, to, to neglect some things in order to have the highest priority dealt with, and that is your soul health. What's keeping you from doing it? Well, I'll tell you what it is, and it came down to this, fear. Mm. Fear of losing his job, fear of disapproval, so I asked him, I said, well, what's the worst thing happened? You lose your job? <laughs> because really, really? Can't God provide jobs, greater jobs, better jobs when we're obedient to him, yeah. when we're courageous? So this young man got a good uh, coach coaching today and with great love because I've been there. I know what he's facing. Uh, and we're always afraid that we might lose our job or we'll be without or, you know, we can't pay our bills. But there's just something about the promises that Jesus made in Matthew 6. Don't worry about what you'll eat or what you'll wear. Heck, even the birds are well cared for, mm. even better than what Solomon could provide for himself. But seek you first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. So what is he saying? He's saying you've got to get that soul healthy. You've got to find that place within you that drives out that fear that's controlling your life. Hmm. You know, there's a good scripture about that, Brian. Uh, you and I were discussing it mm -hmm. a while ago. Yeah. Why don't you read trans one translation of it, and I'll read another because I think it might add a little bit to it. Sure. Uh, we're in 1 John uh, chapter 4, uh, starting, uh, it's just verse 18. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear 
because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. That's in the NIV. Okay. So I'm going to give you uh, an NLT, the New Living Translation. Mm -hmm. And it's just about the same, but it adds one little extra thing to it, which I agree with. Okay. It says this, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. Now, that's important. Let's underline that. Perfect love expels all, circle all, fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced, get this now, his perfect love. Mm. So when it says that the antidote for fear is perfect love, then we have to ask, well, what is perfect love? Then we have to put that capital H-I-S in front of it, his perfect love. Because there's, there's only one perfect love, and that's the perfect love that comes from the Father. Mm. So, Brian, here's what we have now. is connect all the dots. Is that when Jesus invited us to come into an intimate, abiding relationship with him that we see in John 15, and he mentions abide 11 times in there, mm-hmm. what he is saying is come and receive my perfect love. Let my perfect love enter into you. If you abide in me and I abide in you. And the abiding is to be saturated with, to marinate, to live in his perfect love. Now, what is the promise? When we do that, what's the promise? It drives out fear. There you go. So now what we do is we see fear as a symptom. Mm-hmm. You see, fear creates other symptoms. Fear creates a symptom of overcontrol. Mm-hmm. Fear creates the symptoms of anger. Mm-hmm. Fear uh, creates the symptoms of insecurity. Mm-hmm. We can go on and on because fear is a driving force. Mm-hmm. With me, fear made me very aggressive as a ball player. A lot of people said they, they couldn't perceive, conceive of me being fearful. They didn't understand. I was greatly afraid. I was afraid of disapproval. I was afraid of disappointment. I was basically afraid of being found out that I was really a coward. Mm. So I did everything I could to make sure that I wouldn't be a coward. Mm. And I would do things for fear of disapproval. And it made me aggressive. It was a symptom of fear. I don't know if I'd been a very good ball player if I had not had that. I think I would have because there's skill involved too. But I think that there are a lot of things that drive us. And when you, like I did, you get out of of football and you can no longer express it and and get applause for it. And then you take that same attitude into your business and your relationships and your fear now begins to work its way into those relationships. Then you see those symptoms of broken relationships, damaged and wounded relationships. And, and it probably is why people escape to the bar, you know, oh, or yeah. to the bottle or, or even pornography. You know, all these things are escapes mm-hmm. from dealing with reality. I think most addictions are. Yeah. Whether it's pornography or drugs or alcohol or sex, uh, you name it. Uh, any addiction basically is a deviation from that which is what God wants to give us. Mm. Uh, 
and it, I think we talked about lust as an example mm-hmm. that that's an escape it's a perversion of the that which God gave us which was a a des- uh, he wanted us to have a desire, a great desire for our wives mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and our wives for our husbands. And uh, But Satan's one that perverted that. Yeah. And so there are a lot of good things that he's perverted in us. And, and I think that the fact is that being responsible, knowing uh, how to act, when to act, how to respond, uh, those are good things. Uh, and I think that if we are walking with Christ, he gives us wisdom. He downloads wisdom when we are to act and how to act. But if we're not walking with him, then we're going to react and oftentimes react very poorly. And it's driven by fear. So if we want to deal with the symptom that creates all of those other things, what do we do? We got to deal fear. And here's the promise. That if we get where we are walking with and living with Mr. Perfect Love, Mm -hmm. then he's going to drive out the fear. Mm. Now there's something else that happens. Because when fear is gone, courage comes. Mm. And this is when we see courageous men being raised up. Men that are not afraid to lose their job just because they're going to step up and step out and be uncompromising in their faith and their walk with Christ. So what if we lose our job, or if we lose our life, for that matter, and there are people losing their life, because they will not compromise. They're courageous, and they will not compromise their faith. But those are the kind of people God wants to to walk the face of the earth. Mm. He's going to protect a lot of us if we are willing to step out there and trust him on the Matthew 6.33 promise. If we seek him first and his kingdom, if we seek his perfect love, if we seek to walk with him, he, he prospers that man in many, many ways. Now, this is the, where we get it wrong now with the prosperity gospel. We start looking at it a way to prosper our life. And boy, do you think God sees through that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, boy, prosperity is knowing God and being content with the life he's given us. Well, I, I'm, I was actually thinking of a, an example you told me about your own life because um, we were talking about the, a pastor fearing to lose his job. Well, don't you know businessmen are always fearing if they don't work enough hours or oh, you yeah. know do the company stuff. And you were telling me you were a salesman mm-hmm. at an insurance agency, yeah. and there was a lot of pressure oh, yeah. to be in the office so so long, so yeah. many hours, and it was becoming a conflict within you because you want to get home to your family. So t- tell that story. What well, I- actually, it's uh, it's simple, but it's more complex. But it, it kind of starts out this way. When I was first started in the business, uh, I was in uh, commissions, and uh, and basically, when you're having to operate out of commissions, that means if you don't get a commission, you don't get any income. Mm-hmm. So you pretty well make your work efficient. Now there are a lot of people put in a lot of hours, but they're not necessarily efficient. So, you know, I had to learn to work smart, not necessarily work long, but work smart and make sure that all that I did was being done concisely and not not wasting a lot of time. But there was always that kind of fear. Again, I'm going to go back to my days of fear. There was a fear that was a driver for me, and I was afraid that it wasn't going to happen for me. And that went on for about seven years and uh, maybe eight years. 
And there was something that happened. It was actually I lost my father. And I had now gotten into another position. I'd elevated way on up there to uh, in the industry that now is carrying a briefcase and had an expense account. So that, that uh, defines me as an expert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I was comfortable because I was off of commissions. I wasn't making that much money, but I was not having to go work on commissions anymore, which I hated. But I lost my dad, and, and, uh, and then I had a little three-year-old child, and we were married now seven or eight years. And I just started looking at my priorities and looking at what was happening. I was going to be gone three days a week, two nights a week at least. And I got to looking at the cost of that, what that meant to, to elevate my career, uh, to be able to, I don't know, just to be able to get ahead and not stay where I was and, and no longer do the stuff I hated to do. But when I lost my father, I began to relook at my priorities, and I realized that it was just not worth the money uh, to lose my family. And you know, they wasn't that I would I would lose them for, to divorce or anything, but I would lose the opportunity to be with them and to and to help develop and 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 nurture my family, my little girl, and my two other children to come along. So I made a decision to follow the priorities God was giving me and go against the things that I really wanted to do. I wanted to elevate and go on up to the home office and be the executive on that, and, which I did have that opportunity. But uh, I chose not to. I chose back to go back in the field and to go back into sales, and I didn't want to do it. But I felt that God was giving me priorities. And so when I did, I did out of obedience. And the interesting thing about that, Brian, is that I went back to a job that I thought that I would hate. I went back to a, a job that I thought I would struggle to get by and have to depend on, you know, the commissions. But uh, when I went back to it, I, I went back to a different market uh, and different from what I was doing. I went back with uh, a man who was a professional who helped uh, me to gain greater esteem as a professional. And you know what? Uh, inside of uh, one year, I doubled my income, and then I tripled my income, and then I quadrupled my income. And by the time I was like 32 years old, I was making as much or as money as most doctors which was a good comparison for a kid from Mississippi. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you know, and, and through that, I began to be taught another thing, and that was the issue of tithing and how God would continue to bless. Uh, and just, it was got to be hilarious just to give, you know. Mm. But there was something that came along that uh, there were some market changes, and then, but like my great, income was going to be threatened. Remember, fear, fear, fear mm -hmm. still creeps back in, even when God proves himself. So I had some people that came along and said, hey, we want to give you a salary and, you know, expense account and, you know, car and stock options, all the other stuff. And they promised a lot of stuff. And, uh, and I said, okay, that's a sure thing. This other thing, you know, I'm working on commissions and this, that, and the other. And and, but this other's a sure thing. So actually what it was happening, I was saying, God, you're not good enough. I'm going to rely on man now. Hmm. And so when I entered into that relationship, it didn't take but a few months to begin to see 
that uh, God was teaching me a big lesson in that. Uh, and then fear got in there. And the fear at that point now came down to, will I lose my job if I follow my priorities, uh, which was my family. Uh, decent work hours, but at the same time, productivity. And, uh, and uh, I, I battled that fear giant for five years, uh, afraid that I was going to lose my job. Mm. And finally, after five years, my life had gotten so miserable with what was going on and the clarity of what had happened that I had left the king and went to an idol Cause, which would be called what man could do for me when God was doing so much. And, and Brian, it came down to this, that uh, I had about a year's worth of income that was due me. And, but I, uh, I went and said, look, I'm gonna help recruit my replacement, but I'm leaving. And I'm leaving everything, all my future income, everything, it's yours. And I walked away from it. Hmm. Um, and it was a, it's, it, there, it's a little bit more complex than that, but it was the fear giant that had to be, it had to be David weighed into the battlefield against that fear giant and, and in the name of Jesus, stand uh, strong with him. And, and I saw God provide for us in every way imaginable. And you know, there were, you're talking about giants, you're talking about, <laughs> I'd say there were giant steps Mm. in our spiritual growth. And, you know, this is the way God's had to deal with me. He's not going to deal with everybody that way, but, you know, I'm the kind of guy that he's had to do some pretty tough stuff to break the hard shell of me, hard shell of independence and self-dependence, and uh, to break it to the point where I had to be Christ-dependent. But when I did that, man, it just it began to, man, it just started to, moved me closer and closer to them. And when I got closer to him, I became courageous. Mm. And when that courage steps in, there's nothing I'm afraid of. And I think God was just showing that to me because he wanted me to tell that story to other people. Mm. That we don't have to fear the fear giants. What we need to fear is not walking with him. We need to, that's what it means to fear God is to fear the consequences of what happens when we don't walk with Jesus, hmm. when we don't follow him. But if we love him and he loves us and we're in that love relationship, that perfect love we're talking about, then there's such unity with him and with our life and with the world that we live that we walk about in peace and liberty hmm. because of him. So yeah, fear is, fear is a, is a uh, a big thing with people. I've been there. I'm not in. I'm not insensitive to that. But I am a coach who's been there who wants to say, you don't have to live in that. You know, trust what he said. Trust his promises, because he's true. He's a promise keeper. Mm. That's good. That's good. Well, I think our time is up, but. Uh it's interesting how we can talk about a lot of different things people struggle with, but but it always seems to come back to the same solution: is back to Christ, back to back to the one who has all the answers. Back you know? to the relationship with Him. Yeah, and, the, and I love how you said uh, courage. He gives us courage yeah. to, to to stand strong when we're when we are fearful, because we're gonna there's gonna be times. Yeah, it's gonna happen. 
All right. Well, great. Well, this is the Influencers Network podcast, and you've heard part three of our series, The Top Five Things Men Struggle With, and uh, we'll be continuing on with, with two more two more topics. Uh, we won't re- reveal what those are just yet. You'll just have to, to be looking for that. But uh, we'd uh, welcome any input from you guys out there in the field, you guys and gals, uh, anything you want to hear us talk about, uh, send us an email at podcastquestions at influencers.org. Of course, on influencers.org, you'll find the podcasts on our podcast page, or you can go on your smartphone and type in Influencers Global Ministries, and you can uh, have them right there on your smartphone as well. So we hope you've enjoyed today's broadcast. I'm Brian Craig, your host, encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. We'll see you next time.